Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. I am Jake Bessling, and I'm here with who? Tim Allman. Good to see you, Tim. Stoked to be here. It's a great day. Two guys who are, let's say, Christians, husbands, fathers, pastors, and leaders that have the ultimate goal of seeing many more people. I mean, hundreds of people, thousands of people experience Jesus, be empowered to live their gifts by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? The kingdom of God expands. We wake up each day to do what we do with our team so that we could glorify Jesus. But let's get more specific. What is our lifelong goals? I mean, if you were to put your ultimate goal on a napkin and write it out, Tim, what would your ultimate goal be in life? My napkin goal is discipling hundreds of leaders to reach millions of people. Discipling hundreds of leaders to reach millions of people. What about you, Jake? Oh, that's outstanding. I love that. God-sized vision for your life, Tim. That's awesome. I thought you were going to talk about golf. but that's, <laughs> Come on, man. That's no. good. I love it. I love it. That's your heart to raise up as many leaders as possible. My ultimate goal is similar. It's to raise up 100 leaders in my lifetime, specifically who start new things to reach new people. Legit. And their local community or or beyond. Here's why. One, Jesus did it, right? It's good to take a model of Jesus. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for us. Number two, the statistics, man, they're staggering in our current makeup of life as a church in the United States. Less people are going to the traditional, denominational, settled and established church setting, and people are gravitating, we know this, right, toward new ministries. I hope you now know that. New expressions of Christianity. I took these stats from a blog by Reverend uh, Dr. Peter Meyer, Center for U.S. Missions. A recent study found that churches 25 years of age and older usually decline in attendance year after year. That's so sad. Churches older than 25 years are growing by reaching the lost um, are exceptional to the norm, though. Hmm. This is not the case for new churches. This same research revealed that new churches started in the decade of the 2000s are growing by an average of 9%. That's that's interesting. He also goes on to say this, um, that similar statistics are true within the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Maybe you're not a part of Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Um, kind of think about your tribe, if you're a part of a church and denomination. How are they doing at reaching new people? In a study done then by Lutheran Hour Ministries, uh, they said... That churches older than 40 years, 40 years, lost an average of 32 adults per congregation. Whoa. From 2005 to 2010. Churches between 21 and 40 years of age in their establishment lost an average of seven adults per congregation. Sorry to be so bleak. While congregations between five and 20 years, the newer ones, gained an average of 10 new adults per congregation. Tim, what's your response to this big disparity between, you know, you got the established churches and then these new starts? Gosh, if if existing, you know, experienced congregations could say our main goal is to raise up passionate, mission-minded leaders to reach those who do not know Jesus. And under the umbrella of that existing, long-standing, the St. John's, and and they're sending out more and more. I really believe that more of those congregations, 40-plus years old, would see a new season. Uh, They'd have a new growth on a new bell curve, if you know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is what Jeff Nedry is all about. He's not a pastor, our guest today. Jeff, he's not a pastor. Although he could be. He very well could be. He's a Christian. 
Christian lay leader in our church who has the experience of starting new, both in the business world as well as in the church world. Welcome, Jeff. Jeff, tell us, what is your ultimate goal? We've been talking about ultimate goals for the people of God, average everyday dudes and gals like Jake and I. We're not, we're dudes. Okay, and you, <laughs> not and you Jeff. So what is your ultimate goal, though, as a Christian leader? Uh, I love both your goals, by the way. Uh, for me, you know, it would really be to help uh, others realize uh, just how awesome it is to be in a relationship with Jesus and not just know about him. You know, you guys are, do a great job, um, you know, preaching the gospel and all that stuff. But as a lay person, all that stuff, <laughs> all, that, all that pastor stuff you do. I love it. Um, but, you know, as a, as a lay person, you know, just having some of those conversations myself, it's a little bit different and I'm super excited about where that could go. Yeah. That's awesome. He's a lay person and his scorecard, how he's going to measure his life and his legacy is not about, and you're going to hear some cool stories about um, what he does in the community, but it's not about money. It's mm-hmm. not about um, even status, how, how big his family, status, power, prestige. Um, it's about the power of relationships and getting people to know Jesus. So um, taking it before we go into Jeff's story, even I was just thinking like, Tim, you're as a senior pastor. Um, what are some of the things that typical church leaders have their scorecard? What do they measure? Hmm. What are they kind of focused on? Because um, <laughs> Jeff just said as a layperson, he's not even concerned. He's concerned about relationships with Jesus. So what do we measure scorecard wise? Butts and budgets. Butts. I just wanted you to say that online. Yeah. Yeah. Butts and but. No, people in worship and, yeah. and uh, how much you're bringing in for the elevation of the name of Jesus there. Uh, we can do better. What, what should we be measuring then? Disciples who are making disciples, man, leaders who are raising up other leaders. So the amount of journey groups, small groups mm-hmm. that you have people on the word, the amount of new starts that you're getting after sending people. Yeah, exactly. So we, we can have a much broader scorecard or dashboard uh, to see. And we got to start to measure as the body of Christ success differently than we have up to this point. Absolutely. Excellent. And Jeff, the, you're doing that in your own life. The amount of people that you're trying to affect is your scorecard. That's a great scorecard. When I first met Jeff, Jeff Nedry. It was on a new start team for the homeless church ministry. Um, we collectively at Christ Greenfall as a church started called La Mesa, meaning the table. More on that soon. On that launch team, though, you, Jeff, handed me a card with a website. And all I remember is a big smile on the card. And the idea was to what spread smiles, I guess. Um, and I was just taken back by the fact that you started this group. And it even had a global perspective. And you would send different cards elsewhere. So I want you to tell our listeners about that new start that took off. Yeah, uh, it's called Kind Spring. Uh, I didn't actually Kind Spring. Yeah, I didn't actually start it myself. Okay, uh, but got involved with it early on, about twelve years ago. Uh, and really, the whole goal and premise is to just do random, small acts of kindness for people. Okay. Uh, something anybody can do, whether you know, no matter what religion, no matter where you are. I mean, there's always some small kind act you can do. Uh, the smile cards were a way to do that, and then leave behind a little anonymous note to say, "Hey, you know, I did this. Uh, this kind act was done anonymously." Because that's the goal is to do it anonymously because it's not about, you know, glorifying yourself. It's about doing something kind for someone. Uh, And so you leave that and, you know, it says you've been tagged and hopefully Hmm. they take that card and then they do the same thing for someone else. And it's like a ripple effect. So like you mentioned, Jake, uh, it's uh, the the group that does it. it, It's worldwide. I mean, it's not anybody specifically in any particular culture. Uh, it's something that crosses every kind of culture, socioeconomics, whatever it is, anybody can be kind. Uh, and the cool thing about the organization is it's 100% volunteer run. Yeah. There's no paid staff. Everybody just does it because they love it. They believe in it. 
and um, they just think it's uh, rippling good out into the world. Uh, so the cool thing for me is, you know, when I got started, I just got started just using some of the cards, loved doing little acts of kindness. You know, it kept pushing my comfort zone. Uh, as my daughter was starting to grow up, she really latched onto it. And we started doing our little father daughter dates, sweet. Wow. incorporated, you know, doing something kind. Okay. Uh, and then before you know it, you know, I got shoulder tapped. Somebody said, hey, you know, you seem to like this. We'd love to see you. Uh, do something else here. And so I took another role within the group, just trying to help out in other ways and another role and another role. And before you know it, I was all over the place uh, doing stuff there. So it's been great. You emanate and radiate joy and love. I'm serious about that, Jeff. Um, your smile, your energy, your passion for Jesus and sharing Jesus is infectious. He's it's, saying you are a smile card. <laughs> you are a living smile card, brother Jeff. And Jesus absolutely. And that's that. a major reason that's why you're on this show. But some people may listen to that and it's like, well, how do you have the margin in your life to go and, and be a part of that, to invest in your kids like that, because you got a business, you're running a business. So talk even before we get into your business, how do you create the margin and space to allow Jesus to work in these subtle and sometimes extraordinary ways? Uh, great question. Uh, you know what? I really believe you focus on what's important to you. Mm. Um, and one thing I've learned, you know, whether it was through um, just all of my uh, church life and my um, passion for what we're doing here and with Jesus, and then, you know, some of the smile stuff we did with the Random Acts of Kindness is the small stuff matters um, so much. I see it at La Mesa every week and just with what I've been doing. Uh, you know what? You, you make the time. I, yeah. you, you can choose to make the time or I love what you've been saying recently about taking busy out of your vocabulary. Yeah. Love that because, you know, you're never too busy to be kind. You're never too busy to be present for someone and just do some of that stuff. That's and I beautiful. think that, you know, if there's enough time in the day where a few minutes here, a few minutes there may not seem like much, but I've seen it over and over again, add up and make a big difference. Wow. So I think you just make, you know, you make the time and it happens. Yeah. You live an integrated interconnected life. You are a consistent husband, father, follow, follower of Jesus. And we're proud of you, brother. So tell us a little bit about your business. Uh, yeah. So uh, we have a an interesting story with our business. So we own a print business that uh, Michelle and I started in 2011. And the way it started was uh, in my corporate life, I'd always done a lot of um, department turnarounds and things like that. And the company Michelle worked for was struggling a little bit. And so, you know, I had the um, skill set and uh, the desire to want to help them so that, you know, she didn't lose her job because um, they went under. So I went and pitched them a turnaround plan. Uh, they rejected it. It was cool. Uh, came home from that meeting after meeting with her CEO and just told Michelle, you know what? There's a really good opportunity here. Okay, I think we, we got to pause right business. there. They rejected me and it was cool because I knew God had something else in store. Absolutely. That is a gift of the Holy Spirit, that sort of resilient perspective, brother. I just, our listeners should realize what you just said and how extraordinary it was. Oh, thanks. Uh, so we took that as the springboard to go start the business. So we started it uh, in our home. Um, you know, in my corporate life, I'd always been in operations type roles and, you know, I'd done a lot of things, you know, setting things up, uh, whether it was departments, new things, you know, we acquisition, stuff like that. So, uh, I worked my corporate job during the day and at night did structure stuff for our business. Uh, Michelle quit and she went full time into our business right away. And so, um, between the two of us, we worked that for a while. Uh, you know, as we 
came across things we didn't know how to do, uh, we went and found a way. So, you know, I was the IT guy, even though I didn't know anything about IT. Thank you, YouTube. <laughs> um, yes. You know, and all some of the operational stuff. And we just, you know, we built everything from from scratch. You know, we didn't, uh, you know, there wasn't some kind of a template on how to uh, build a print business. Uh, worked out great. A couple of years ago, uh, we bought an existing print business in Phoenix as part of our growth model. Uh, and it's been awesome. You know, we, you know, it's funny you mentioned about the, uh, the rejection piece, Pastor Tim, because, uh, we really take it as, you know what, we, we don't get disappointed by that. If something doesn't happen like we thought, we know that there's a greater reason for that. And even if we don't know what it is at the time, it'll either be revealed to us or maybe we'll never know, but we have faith that it was the right call. You have to train your brain though, to have that perspective and your heart. So who implanted that who instilled that in you out i mean definitely the holy spirit but were there some models in your life uh yeah probably started with my mother when i was younger yeah um you know with the you can do anything you put your mind to uh and then when i was in the corporate world i had a great mentor um and this was 25 almost 30 years ago who said you know what there's always a way you can find a way there's resources and things like that and don't take it you know in my first leadership roles you know when you, you have failures whether it's with personnel whether it's with tasks you did or did not get done uh, and it was some great uh, advice from him about hey we're not doing brain surgery so whatever you did you know failure's not fatal like I've heard you guys say um, nobody nobody's gonna die from what you just didn't do <laughs> you know so you can learn from that and uh, you know, it really helped me see any kind of an obstacle or a, a challenge as more of an opportunity, which is, you know, like the way we started the business. We saw an opportunity there. Wow. So the business now, you have a brick and mortar space. You're producing a lot of different print cards and different media uh, for people. Um, how? Tell us a story about someone that's been affected by this new start company and how you're a, a secular business owner, but yet you can still cross over into maybe some sacred spaces to talk about Jesus. Um, interesting. Uh, I would say one very cool story is, uh, so Michelle has a, he is greater than I bumper sticker on the back windshield of her truck. Okay. Uh, and we had a woman come into our shop and she's like, Hey, what does that sticker mean? So we had the opportunity to say, Oh, you know, he is greater than I just explain the whole little thing. She's like, I love it. How do I get one? And so Michelle sets her up and get one. And, you know, we start having a, a, a different, you know, in the business world, you don't usually have spiritual conversations very often, but the opportunity was there. She brought it and Michelle had a great conversation with her about it. We've had a few of those type stories that have been great. Uh, just three days ago, we had a guy come into our shop and he said, Hey, I'm just here to talk to you guys. We're like, okay. Usually people come in, they <laughs> usually need something, uh, but that's great. Hey, you know, are you guys still doing your Tuesday night ministry thing? I remember I was in here a year ago and you told me about it. And I just came back from a ministry trip in Pakistan where I was doing some stuff and told us about that whole experience about how he was, saw some healing and some great stuff like that. Loved what we were doing, wants to come on Tuesday night. And just having that interaction, he came in. Uh, just to talk to us. Now, he ended up ordering some stuff, too, but that wasn't his main purpose. It was great that he felt uh, comfortable enough to come in and just talk to us like that because, you know, you don't usually do that. I kind of hear you saying like the and, and in my words too, the theology of space <clears throat> that you're planted in Phoenix and you're kind of in a rougher part um, somewhat of Phoenix and you're planted there and you're going to 
be open to the community for printing, but yet you are a Christian business owner that are open to other conversations. And so the longer you even stay in that one location, and I know your heart, you love the people around you, you know, the people that are hanging out, you're saying hi to them, and then they're feeling comfortable to come in. So you're printing things, but yet you're also um, in imprinting the gospel in their lives as well, which is fabulous. And so um, as we move on from your, your business side there, um, it also went into the desire about four and a half years ago to start this thing called La Mesa, um, a church for and by the homeless to enter into mutually beneficial relationships with others. For the past four years, on average, um, the ministry that you're the director of and co-director with uh, Bruce Barber is helping serve 130 people every Tuesday night from the working poor and homeless and also folks from the Valley that just want to take part. It's an incredible thing. Uh, now, some pastors that might be listening have not yet started something new in their community um, since they've gotten to their to their church. What recommendation would you have for people like ourselves um, if we had not yet started something? Um, how have you seen the New Start of La Mesa help um, change things around maybe Chris Greenfield and in your heart and your story? My message to um, other pastors out there listening would be just go do it. Uh, get, do it. You know, talk to your lay leaders, uh, empower them and just go do it. So when I look at when we went to do that, you know, we started talking about almost five years ago and, you know, I didn't know we were going to do this ministry. Uh, I know, you know, Pastor Timmy had seen that before in Colorado and Pastor Jake, I know you were looking at, um, you know, starting something. Uh, but, you know, we just started off talking about, you know, a Bible study and we were reading a book together. Uh, and then it turned into, you know, we have a heart for the homeless. How can we reach them? And then before you know it, um, we're doing La Mesa. And I think one of the most critical things to its success was, yeah, as the pastor, you started us off, but then you step back and empower us to do it, which I think was key because as a lay person in the congregation, all of a sudden now we had ownership and it's like, okay, we have to go make this happen. We can't just rely on one of the pastors to go drive this. I mean, you look know. at these guys. They don't know what they would. They need help. They <laughs> help, need help them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. they're doing that pastor stuff I was talking about. So <laughs> whatever uh, that is. Yeah, whatever that is. Uh, and it was great. Um, and so I think, you know, we saw a lot of that, but then the interesting side effects happened. Um, so, you know, I've been coming to Christ Greenfield for a couple of decades, um, but really didn't get engaged till maybe five, six years ago. So as part of when we were doing La Mesa, one of the things I noticed is it totally transformed my Sunday experience too, not just my Tuesday night experience. Cause now I'm seeing people in the courtyard or in church that I'm serving with every Tuesday and building relationships with. And it's just, um, you know, it was, it was awesome to just feel and experience that. So we're going to go a little deeper into this. <clears throat> we're talking today about starting something new. So we are talking to a lot of leaders out there that might work in the church, but then you also have the lay component. So we're going to start with Pastor Tim and then move to me and back to Jeff. And here's what it is. Um, tell us about the process of starting this ministry called La Mesa. It's a new start to reach uh, new people. But Pastor Tim, as the senior pastor, lead pastor, how does that begin? I mean, does it begin in sermons? What happened? What kind of orchestrated um, the movement from... Um, uh, an idea into action all the way to having Jeff Nedry in our office today talking about it actually happening. So yeah. You what, know, it's funny, yeah. the power of words, good words, the word of God in particular, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. uh, my kids used to say, now they know I talk about Jesus, but daddy simply talks. And on the one hand you're <laughs> like, well, yeah, I'm less than a normal man. I don't work with my 
I don't have man hands. You have nice hands. You know, I have, I have soft, supple hands. But see. all I do is, is use my words to talk. But the word changes reality. We yes. believe that the word of God connected to the Holy Spirit changes hearts and minds. And so for a pastor, it's, it's digging into a kingdom theology that Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose, he ascended, and he sent his Holy Spirit. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. And the same things that Jesus did some 2,000 years ago, those miraculous, extraordinary, or simple personal um, kingdom expanding opportunities, they are available for us today. So simply leaning into the story of Jesus and then saying, all right, so who, cause, cause I'm just one dude. And if Jesus had 12, he sent them out and they had, you know, they multiplied the message. Who's who here is with me. And Jeff, you were one of those guys. I mean, right up front that said, here I am, send me like Isaiah. I don't know exactly what it looks like. Um, open to being made uncomfortable, going and learning and walking alongside, grieving with those that are different than me. Here I am. Send me. So, Pastor, it really starts with leaning into the message of Jesus, the lifestyle of Jesus, and then out of that, empowering God's people to start new things and watch out. When that happens, here's a beautiful thing. Is it almost your ministry, your life, it almost seems a little bit out of control, but I think that's a good thing. Because the Holy Spirit, I mean, you can't put the Let Holy Spirit. Be. Yeah, you can't put the you Holy Spirit in a box. You think you can actually control it? No, nah, no, 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 no. Release, release. So use your words connected to the Word, the Word of God, and then release people. So when I think back about that time, we we did this. Uh, Pastor Tim preached various sermons, and I started preaching sermons on the least, the lost, the lonely, and it's shaping people's hearts to then have finally the ask of um, one of our staff members is going to go into the community to start something new. We don't even know maybe what that's going to look like, or you can put more uh, um, flesh to the bone, but that's kind of how it happened to us. And then we just started meeting with a lot of different people to say, I wonder what that would look like. I want to recall, though, in this very office where we are, um, the conversation, Jeff, you had with Pastor Tim, you and your wife came in. Mm. He was open then as a pastor to uh, saying, I want to meet with people. And uh, that's do that, Pastor, meet with people. And tell me about that conversation, how it changed your life. Remember that one? I, I do. Um, so I actually wasn't there, but Michelle was. Mm. And you uh, sure? I thought you were there. Not for the fr- not, not for, for the, the first, first one. Not for the, not the first, first one. The second one. Uh, okay. But the story before that was she's like, boy, you know what? Pastor Tim said some great things. Uh, I want to meet with him. But I just don't know. You know, I'd love to talk to him more. I'm like, call up and schedule an appointment. She had never oh, done that. Probably she never had. Yeah. You know, um, she was raised different religion, Catholic, and she's like, oh, don't I'm too intimidated. Him, yeah, I can't yeah. go meet with the pastor. I'm like, oh, sure you can. Intimidated. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> come on, yeah, thank you. Keep going, keep going. Keep laughing. That's, That's too fun. fine. Uh, yeah. So um, she s- scheduled a meeting, came in, uh, was talking to you, Tim, about, you know, just stuff. And you're like, hey, you know what? Jake is uh, looking at starting some kind of a homeless ministry here. Why don't I walk you over there? And you walked over there. And between the interaction she had with you and the inter- uh, Tim and the interaction she had with you, Jake, uh, she came home all lit up. And she's like, hey, we're going to start talking about this on Friday morning. Did you want to go? I'm like, sure, I'll go. You know, you know, that's on my heart, too. <laughs> and before you knew it, here we are. That's awesome. I remember oh that captured by Pastor Tim's heart, though, when he you asked him kind of like, where do you see Jesus? And, G- and Pastor Tim, you said that it's, it's among the homeless. Um, and so I now I can look at Jeff and, and myself and, and feel the same way. And you walked over to my to my room and then we just started meeting on at seven o'clock uh, for about six months or so uh, at Starbucks on Friday mornings, just reading the word and um, thinking about like, God, where are you wanting to send us when and where and how and in your timing? Let's not miss that. That's huge. 
that relationship development, yep. that pre-launch phase, that's what you walk through for three, six months before we ever started La Mesa. The vision has to become clear and shared then by a smaller group of people. I mean, how many were on your initial kind of pre-launch team, Jake? Do you remember? Probably 12. Yeah. But even of the 12, you know, maybe two or three got got word of it, hung out, and they're like, oh, this isn't for me. And then they moved on to another area of ministry. So no, that's okay if not all of them want to stick. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, move on here. Jeff, you've got some awesome tips. So you got a pastor or maybe a lay leader, an elder, somebody that has some influence within a church, and they're like, oh, I'd love to do it, but I don't know exactly how. Give them some really solid tips for starting something new to reach lost people. Well, the first thing I would say is just commit to it. You know, we were talking about it for a little while. Like you said, Pastor Tammy, you know, there was a, a lot of pre-work, uh, but just commit you're going to do it. And that alone, just that decision will help you to just put some action to some of those ideas. It's great to think about stuff and wish about stuff, but you got to put some action to it or nothing happens. Let's roll, uh, baby. That yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, second, you know, and I've, I've kind of lived this a lot. Uh, there is always a way, you know, God's going to open a door for you, no matter uh, whether you know it or not. You know, I, I live by a motto, um, find a way uh, or an excuse and or not an excuse, yeah. uh, because I don't believe that, you know, you can always find an excuse why you can't do something. Uh, but I think there's always some kind of the, the God will open a door for you and and help you to find a way. You just got to commit. That is ruthless optimism. Ruthless optimism, and I love it, buddy. You well, you know, there's a there's a, a wise person said uh, way back when, uh, asking it will be given to you, seeking you will find, <laughs> and knocking it will be open to you. you that is one wise guy. You, wise you may have guy. heard of that Jesus. wise guy. That's right. Way to go. That's right. Jesus said, and you know what? I think that's a hundred percent true, and I believe that with all my heart. I've seen it uh, so many times. All right. What's your final word of encouragement? Uh, last thing I would say is don't be afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys say that all the time. You know, failure is not fatal. And if you're going to fail, fail forward. Uh, I don't actually believe that you ever fail. I think any kind of, you know, what would be considered a failure is actually a learning opportunity. So if I look at, you know, quote unquote, the biggest failures in my life, they were actually pivotal points or opportunities to learn something that I didn't learn, you know, whether it was something I did wrong and needed to learn the right way or that there was another way to do it or, you know, just that, you know, don't give up. There's other things out there. So, you know, maybe the path you thought was the right one. Uh, wasn't the right one. And so because you failed at that path, you end up going down the right path. Yeah. Failure doesn't have to create paralysis um, or fear. It can be a pivot point. So we start something, we build it, we measure it, we learn from it, we pivot around what we've learned, and then we continue to spin out new things based on that sort of mentality. That's a beautiful word of advice, brother. Before we, yeah, yeah, before we close with our kind of typical three questions for our audience, um, give us 30 seconds of what's La Mesa kind of gone into now, some different iterations, where are we headed? Uh <clears throat> So La Mesa has been so uh, life transforming for me. I can't even I can't even explain it. Uh, you know, building relationships with all these people and the homeless over over the years. Uh, one of the things we've done with that is we've really learned from them. Hey, what else do you need? You know, what what how else can we help you? You know, so that we are looking at where are we going to go next? You know, we're building relationships with you. And now we understand your problems. It's not you know, we think we have the answer. You tell us what is it you need? Uh, and they told us, boy, we need some dignity restored. We need some where to put our stuff. 
We need some showers. We need some laundry. We need some help connecting us to resources because there's resources out there. But as a somebody who's struggling in the community, maybe I don't have access to that or I, don't, I can't get to the appointment or I don't know how to navigate through the bureaucracy that is involved sometimes. Uh, so what we're going to do next is is have some kind of facility, an opportunity that we can walk alongside of them as we've been doing on Tuesday nights. And now we can walk alongside of them and and help, you know, hey, I want to get out of this. Help me through this because we've got some great success stories along the way, just doing it on a part time basis. So if we could do that more than four hours a week, you know, we're doing that every day. We can be there for them. It is going to be a phenomenal thing. And then the goal is that, it, you know, can we continue to birth new La Mesa's and reach more people because we've seen we've reached into some people that, you know, they don't feel welcome, maybe at church, they don't feel loved. And so, uh, and I hear you guys say this all the time. So we're meeting them where they're at. We're out there in the community with them. They're comfortable and they love it. And I think we're, you know, changing lives and and God's working miraculous things all the time through those folks. And I can't wait to see where it's headed. Jeff, you're a wonderful entrepreneur and you uh, have a great spirit about you and Jesus shines in you. Um, if you listener want to check it out, lamesaministries.org. If you live in Arizona, there's a tax credit um, um, for what's that called? Is it the homeless tax credit? Uh, I think it's working poor. The working yeah. poor tax credit. You can uh, go above and beyond um, your giving to your local church to help support that with your your tax money. That would be amazing. LaMesaMinistries.org. As we close here, three questions for you, uh, for all of our listeners to hear. Um, on each interview, we conclude with what young leader uh, or leaders are you um, apprenticing right now and pouring into? Uh, so... I did ask her if I was okay to share this, right. but um, I, it would be Michelle, my wife, Michelle. Okay. Uh, you know, she's uh, been taking on more leadership roles in our business and in some of the other activities that we're doing, you know, with the church and some other stuff and some things she's doing. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of leadership training and management background, um, so I'm a close resource to help her out with that. And she's been great. You know, I'm trying to use my leadership experience to help her out. You know, watching her spiritual trajectory has just been phenomenal, and, you know, it's a privilege to to help her in any way I can. You know, she's amazing. What books are you reading right now? Uh, I'm actually reading a book, Pastor Jake, that I got from you yeah. uh, called Empowering Leaders. Our whole team's oh, been reading that. So yeah, good. baby. Well, the great thing for me is I love it because it applies to uh, every area of my life. It applies, you know, with my family, just empowering my children to do some things. Mm. It applies in our Take business. Out the trash. Absolutely. It applies in our business, you know, empowering you know, our employees and stuff. And then uh, that absolutely applies with uh, La Mesa and some of the new starts we're doing. We got to empower more leaders so that they can run that so we can go off and do the next thing. So it's been, it's, been a great read. I'm only a little bit through it now, but uh, loving it so far. For any of our younger leaders out there, what would be a primary word of advice for the younger leader? Uh, and it's not just because I'm reading the book right now, but I would say empower the people around you. You know, good leaders aren't the ones that are out there trying to do everything themselves. They're empowering others. I think if you see what we've done with La Mesa, it's because you guys have been great about empowering us to go and do it. And I think that's what I would you know tell people to do. Nudge nudge those folks and get out of their comfort zone and get out of yours. Jeff, you've been amazing, brother. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Friends, go out and start something new in your house, your place of work, your local business, a new start, new church, a chance to meet someone new as you start new ministry uh, to reach those who do not know Jesus and and to just provide something good in the community. Be salt and light. What a gift. Yeah, exactly, Jeff. And you are living that in spades, brother. Thanks, Jeff. See you next time on Lead Time. Have a good one. Peace. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. 
please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening.